0: Welcome to TCH. This is a Christian's Hour broadcast. So, here's a question for you. Will you continue to call or text someone who ghosts you? Will you continue to try to build a relationship with someone who never responds when you reach out? This month, Rick Achley, lead minister with the Hills Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and her multiple campuses, is leading us in a series of messages. It is good to hear your voice. Rick's premise through this series is the Christian life is a dynamic relationship with a personal Savior. If it's not, it will not thrive. Hearing God's voice is normal and critical to discipleship. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. John ten twenty seven. However, So often, we choose to let the ambient noise of our lives drown out the voice of God. Getting better at hearing Jesus has to be imperative to us. We must intend to improve our hearing. So, with a hearing test with eternal implications, here's Rick Ashley.
1: It's impossible to follow Jesus without this verb, and the verb is hear. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus understood you cannot follow a shepherd you never hear. And so one Sunday after the pastor with his message, a man came forward and said, Pastor, I desperately need you to pray for my hearing. So the pastor put his hands on the man's ears and prayed fervently. And when he was through, he said, how is your hearing? And the man replied, well, how would I know? It's not till next Wednesday down at the courthouse. (laughs) So when it comes to being a follower of Jesus, how often do you pray for your hearing? You pray for my speaking all the time. Do you ever ask anyone to pray for your hearing? Do you understand as a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have the capacity and the responsibility to hear the voice of the Lord. We're not just expected to talk about God or even just encouraged to talk to God. We were meant to talk with God. And the good news is we serve a God who likes to talk. So we're starting this series called It Is Good to hear your voice because you cannot follow a rabbi you do not hear and so this is the first lesson in this series and we're going to do a few foundational principles and maybe the most important is this one the bible speaks of a god who speaks and you have to believe that or nothing else i say is going to matter the bible speaks of a god who speaks please notice i did not say The Bible speaks of a God who spoke. And yet, many Christians try to follow a God they never expect to hear from. Maybe this illustration will help. In 1897, President McKinley complained he was getting over 100 letters a day, and he couldn't handle all the correspondence. So they created the Office of Presidential Correspondence. Today, the White House receives over 10,000 letters and emails and packages a day. And most of them start this way. I know that no one will read this, but someone does. There's a whole department. There's a staff of 45 people with 35 interns and over 300 rotating volunteers to read all that correspondence. Now, the reality is, unless it's an exceptional case... The president is never going to see those letters. And how many of you feel that describes your relationship to God? He gets billions of prayers a day. He probably doesn't have time to hear mine. And even if he did, I'm not going to hear back. But the God of the Bible is not like the gods of other religions. The scriptures reveal that what makes God unique is this propensity to speak it is what separates God from all the other deities that this God has a voice and he uses it. It's one way you can know a true God from the false gods First Corinthians 12:2 you know when you were still pagans you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So many people worship a God who never speaks. Most of the great world religions have a completely impersonal relationship with their deity. There is no record of an interaction with that deity. This is not the God of the Bible. He seeks regular interaction with his Worshippers, and he invites all into this dynamic relationship not just to some by the way that is one of the key signs of a cult when someone says some of us get to hear god and we will tell you what he says the rest of you can't hear god no jesus said my sheep not just some but my sheep hear my voice this was one of the promises of the messianic age look at isaiah the prophet he will be gracious if you ask for help he will surely respond to the sound of your cries Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. This is the God, it's recorded in the scripture. The Bible speaks of a God who speaks. Yet so many have settled for a relationship with God where it's just a monologue and they do all the talking. It's like the best they can hope for is to leave a message on God's voicemail and hope that maybe he'll check it. In fact, some of you have been taught, like I was taught long ago, that since we now have a completed canon, the Holy Scriptures, we should expect the silent treatment from God. God doesn't need to speak He has already spoken, but nowhere in this Bible is a mute God depicted or expected. What the scriptures consistently reveal is that God consistently reveals himself. A mute God is not biblical, and there's no way a mute God can be personal. You cannot legitimately follow a God whose voice you never hear. Now, did you see in the paper this past week that some uh, researchers think they have found the image of Amelia Earhart's plane in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean? And almost none of you know who that is. So let me give you some backstory. 1937. Amelia Earhart attempted to become the first woman to circumnavigate the globe. She took off from Oakland. She flew across America, across the Atlantic, across Europe and Asia. 44 days later, she took off from New Guinea with her navigator, Fred Noonan, for the longest part of her trip, 2,500 miles over the Pacific Ocean to find a little dot in the middle of the water called Howland Island. For 18 hours, there was no communication. She was not responding to any of the messages that people were sending to her to help her. Finally, there was a voice. I must be on top of you, but I can't see you. I'm running low on fuel. And One hour later, there was another voice, very distraught, describing her situation. And that was the last that was heard. And she and Mr. Noonan and the plane sank. What made it even sadder was they went back to New Guinea. They found that bumpy dirt runway she took off from. And on the ground was the radio antenna receiver that had been jostled off the plane. What happened without that antenna is that she was able to send messages, but she could not receive any. She could talk, but she could not hear She got no guidance. She got no direction. She got no help. She could send, but she could not receive. Did I just describe how some of you are trying to follow God? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. What I'm going to contend all through this series is this, that hearing God's voice is normal and critical to discipleship we were created for communion with god when he put adam and eve in the garden he would walk with them and they heard the sound of his voice the christian life is to be a dynamic relationship with a personal savior if it is not it will not thrive will you continue to call someone who never answers the phone you will do that a few times and then you will stop Will you continue to try to build a relationship with someone that never talks back to you? You will stop. It's hearing his voice that motivates us to make the choice to keep following. Now, let me be clear. In the weeks ahead, you're not going to hear anything that is going to diminish the inspiration and the authority of of the scriptures as God's word to us. In fact, I think what I'm going to preach will increase your confidence that in scripture you can hear the voice of God. But I want to be clear that the voice of God we hear in our Bible is not limited only to the words in the Bible. Think about it. All the millions of Christians throughout history that never owned a Bible, that can't read a Bible, that have never even seen a Bible. And for that matter, if all the direction we now need from God is already in the Bible, why was it so important for Jesus to send us the Holy Spirit? The scripture says in Romans 8, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. It is in fact your capacity to receive direction from the Holy Spirit that testifies that you are a part of the family of God. When you read the book of Acts and the story of the first Christians, it becomes clear that supernatural direction from the Holy Spirit is normal. In chapter 8, a man named Philip at a revival gets a visit from an angel He's told to go out to a road. He's on that road, and the Holy Spirit says, you see that man from Ethiopia in that chariot? Go up and join him. And Luke writes that like it's normal. Luke doesn't say, now the strangest thing happened next. In chapter 9, you have a man named Ananias in Damascus, and he hears his name, Ananias. And he turns around and says, yes, Lord, do you do that when you hear your name? And again, it is written like this is just normal for Ananias to expect to hear the voice of Jesus. In chapter 10, you have a Roman soldier named Cornelius and an angel appears to him. It says, send off for a man named Peter. So he sends people to that town and Peter's up on the roof and he's getting a vision from God telling him to receive these men and go with them. In chapter 16, you have Paul. He wants to go up into Asia and plant churches. And it just says the Spirit said no. So he says, well, then I'll go down to a region called Bithynia and plant churches. And again, the Spirit says no. How did the Spirit say no? We don't know. But apparently it was very normal. So he goes to a place called Troas. He goes to sleep. He has a vision. And God says, come over to Macedonia. And the gospel goes to Europe. And again, These and many other examples read normal. This is how the early church operated, constantly hearing the voice of the Lord. So the question we have to ask as we read the book of Acts, is Acts filled with exceptions to acknowledge or is it filled with examples to expect? I believe the story of the early church reveals hearing God's voice is normal and critical to discipleship. Many of us grew up in churches that believe this to a point. Here's what I mean. In the little church in which I was raised, you learned early on there were certain phrases that you should use in your holy prayer. One of them was, please give our preacher a ready recollection of the things he has prepared because evidently when I was young, preachers were very forgetful, and they needed help remembering their sermons. Another at the benediction was to pray and bring us back at the next appointed hour. And a phrase I learned as a boy, because I heard it every Sunday, was we ask God to guide, guard, and direct us. I thought it was one word. I thought maybe that's a German word, but I learned it You see, it was normal for us on a weekly basis to ask God to give us daily direction. We sang it too. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. We would sometimes sing a song called, I come to the garden alone. And in the chorus, we would sing, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. And yet, if someone ever said in my little church, I heard the voice of God this week, we would have been suspicious. Our view was if you talk to God, you are a prayer, and if you hear from God, you are a weirdo. (laughs) Because we didn't hear from God. We didn't expect to hear from God. God spoke, and that was it. And we were guilty of allowing our experience to frame our understanding and expectations instead of allowing the scriptures themselves to critique our lack of experience. So I want to be clear in case you're wondering, Pastor, are you saying that you regularly receive direction from God, that you hear the voice of God, not just inside, but even outside of the Bible? Yes, That is exactly what I am saying. And you might be thinking, well, pastor, why hasn't that been my experience? Simple. God likes me more than he likes (laughs) you. Actually, there are a number of reasons why Christians do not hear God. One could be, like me as a young boy, that they do not expect to hear his voice. One could be that they have never been taught to hear his voice. We're trying to address that in this series. One reason could be that they do not want to hear his voice. The nice thing about a mute God is that you can keep him at a distance. A God that never talks can't get up in your business and expect more of you. But we do have a choice. When it comes to which voice we will listen to, and we need to make it, it's a critical choice, and here's why. Because we're shaped most by who we listen to most. We said in the last series, formation is not a Christian thing. Formation is a human thing. Everyone is being formed either consciously or unconsciously by the voices in their life to which they give the most attention. A number of pastors I've talked to in the last few years have recognized this in a new and profound way. Trying to lead churches through pandemics and racial and political tensions in this country and seeing how some Christians have responded have made us realize that many in our churches are not going to the church or to the scriptures. They're going to other voices for their daily direction. Let me be clear. It is impossible to shape people into the image of Christ when he gets their attention for about one hour, about 1.7 Sundays a month. It is impossible. Now, at this point, you might expect me to be critical of many of the ungodly voices that we listen to. I don't need to do that. My concern, frankly, is the non-godly voices that we listen to all the time. And they drown out the voice of God. Now, God has an outside voice, and he can use it. But the reality is, we choose to fill our lives with so much ambient noise. And most of the time, God refuses to scream over it to get our attention. You ever notice that the word listen and the word silent use the exact same letters? It's why it says in Luke 5, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He said to the disciples, come away with me to a quiet place. It was the practice of Jesus to go outside of all the surrounding noise so that he could hear the voice of God. Attention requires intention. If getting better at following Jesus is important to us, then getting better at hearing Jesus, will be imperative to us. And that's why, with all my heart, I believe that followers of Jesus must intend to improve their hearing. Because listening does not happen by default. Every spouse knows this. Every parent knows this. Every school teacher knows this. Good listening does not happen by default. It happens by design. Now, Scripture has taught me that God is eager to speak. Life has taught me that being eager to listen is not a place I will drift to. It is a place I must choose To get to. Many choose to stay deaf to the voice of God. And they just entrust to others the responsibility of hearing God for them. But our rabbi is asking more of us than that. You know, if Jesus says something more than once, it might be important. Fifteen times Jesus said, He who has an ear, let him here it is the most important thing a disciple does i know that's a bold statement but i didn't make it jesus did it's right before he's about to be crucified he's at a dinner party with dear friends lazarus mary and martha martha's getting everything ready and she's frustrated it says she had a sister called mary who sat at the lord's feet what's she doing she's listening To what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Hearing the voice of Jesus is better. What can you do in your hectic, crazy, busy life that is better than hearing Jesus speak to you? But are you choosing it? You see, hearing is the means. Jesus is the goal. Mary didn't want anything from Jesus. She wanted Jesus. He is the treasure. He's the prize. He's the reward. And the thing is, he wants greater intimacy with us than many of us are seeking to have with him. Don't settle for that. I did. For over half my life, I settled for a kind of discipleship where I never heard Jesus. I don't want that for you. Don't settle for anything less than a dynamic, living, listening, walk with your rabbi you cannot have that kind of relationship through someone else now other people can hear jesus with you but nobody can hear jesus for you it's got to be your decision and your intention and your passion to choose what is better so i want to close with one more illustration and again only a few will understand or remember this picture But in the mid-last century, it was one of the greatest icons in marketing world for RCA Victory Records. Here's the backstory: That painting was uh, by an English artist named Francis Barad. That little dog's name is Nipper. Nipper belonged to his brother who was sick. And his brother recorded his voice on some phonographs. And when he passed, those phonographs and little Nipper became Francis' possession. And when Francis would put those phonographs on his gramophone, wherever he was, little nipper, would run to that speaker and cock his head and listen, because he recognized his master's voice. And by the way, a cat would not do that. (laughs) Don't you push back. You know I'm speaking truth. But you can do that. You can learn wherever you are to hear the voice of your master. You can decide whatever it takes, I'm going to get to where I need to be to hear the voice of my master. You can hear the voice of Jesus. And it does not mean you are weird. It means you are a disciple. Hear him, hear Hear the voice of the Lord, hear his voice, hear the voice of the Lord,
0: The voice of the Lord, hear His voice. Voice of the Lord voice. Thanks, Rick. We hear you. Our thanks, too, to Acapella Ministries for their music of worship. As the years go by, more and more, I notice how the voice of the Holy Spirit is becoming easier to identify. So, While my physical hearing is not what it used to be, my sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit is becoming more heightened. When I silence the clutter. It is true that God is seeking greater intimacy with us than we're seeking to have with Him. No one can hear Jesus for you. It has to be our decision, our intention, our passion— to choose who we will listen to are you hearing the voice of jesus today's program is available to download online from our website thechristianshour.org you'll also find us at oneplace.org itunes and google play if you prefer a free copy of this message on cd just give us a call our number is 515 770 2241 that's 515 515- Please leave your name and mailing address when you call. We'll send your free copy on CD. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again here
1: next week for the TCH broadcast.